morning, River City. Good morning to everyone who's here with us this morning, everyone live streaming at the table space and everyone watching from home. We are so happy you're worshiping with us. If it's your very first time, drop your name in the comment. We'd love to give you a proper meet and greet because we're just so happy that you're here with church with us. Um, this morning, as usual, you will find your service guide online on the Facebook prayer wall. Use that. It'll have all of your lectionary prayers in it, offering prayers, and the scriptures used for today. It's a really great way to be interactive in our service. Also, just remember that we are social distancing, so please continue to wear a mask and just do things that are loving and cautious for your neighbor. Thank you so much. You guys have been great at that anyway. So for our announcements this week, we have a couple save the dates. Our first one is October the 3rd. We're going to do an RCC night out. It is going to be so much fun. We'll have games. It'll be outdoors. Guys, we have a dessert food truck, so just like need I say more? An entire truck based off dessert. So come to that. It's going to be great. It'll be from 6 to 8. Again, that's going to be October 3rd. And then November 1st, we're going to have an outdoor worship night So or day. So stay tuned. We'll have more details about that. If you have wanted to come and worship with us and you've been a little cautious about distance, this might be a really great opportunity for you to come and have some space outside. Still get a worship service. It's going to be awesome. We look forward to having you guys come, and we'll give you some more details as it gets closer to the date. And then a few other details, our student ministry on September 23rd, they're going to do a movie night. You will need to wear a mask, but it's going to be fun. Bring your own popcorn and snacks, spend some time with your friends and bond together. And then for our welcome to the table, that's still going. This is our second week in this week. So if you didn't get to come in last week, there's still space and time for you to come in. That's going to be 6 o'clock at the Walker's house. If you want to contact NatalieFloydWalker at gmail.com, she'll give you your address and more dates and time so that you can come and be a part of that. If you're new to River City or you want to know more about our culture or where we're coming from, our missions, our values, that's a great place to go and learn more. And also you'll make a new friend, right? So we'll see you at that at 6 p.m. tonight. At 3 p.m. today, we will have our perspective group. They'll be meeting. They'll be reading through the book of The Color of Compromise. This season, if you felt very motivated to get involved with racial justice, this is a great opportunity for you to learn more and speak with people in a very Christ-centered way. So make sure that you're there for that. And then our final announcement is our student co-op, which has been such a blessing in this season for people who are doing virtual or distance learning, is now come to an end. As school begins to open back up, we'll be transitioning out of that and using the table space for other ways in the community. So thank you to everyone who volunteered. It was such a beautiful expression of God's kingdom and just stepping in and being there for people who needed it. So thank you for that. That will be the end of all of our announcements for today. We're going to jump into our lectionary and then it'll be Psalms 25. It says, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for the Lord shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs the sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. 
so God, we just thank you for the God that you are this morning, that you lead us in humility, that you are the perfect example of kindness. Lord, we thank you that you are drawing us in this morning, that you're settling our hearts and minds from the distractions that this week provided and giving us a moment and a space to truly be free and at rest. And so, Lord, we just chase after you. We grab on to the gift that you are offering this morning. We attune our hearts to you, Lord, because you are good and you are gracious and you are God. We love you. We thank you for who you are in our lives and in our communities, in our homes and our hearts. We bless everyone watching this on live stream. We bless everyone in the room. We bless everyone on the way or in traffic. Lord, we thank you that you were able to meet us wherever we are. And so Lord, this morning we just sit in awe of you. We stand and we lift our hands in worship. We make our heart available for what you wanna to say to us. We love you, and in your name we pray. Amen. You'll join me this morning for prayers of the people. Lord, it is all about you. We thank you that you are a good God. You are an unchanging God. You are a steadfast God. And so, Lord, this morning, for the universal church, its members, and its mission, I pray that you would remind us that we are one body built on your firm, unchanging foundation. For our brothers and sisters around the world that are persecuted, Lord, would you be near them. Let your presence surround them. Lord, would you give them courage and give them hope. Lord, for those of us who are free to gather and to worship you without persecution, we give you glory and thanks and praise. We bless your name. Father, I pray that you would begin to unite your bride, the church, across the world in a way that we haven't seen. Lord, we are one body. Different parts, but one body. Lord, would you unite us? Would you draw our hearts together to serve you, to make your name known globally? Lord, hear our prayer. calling, you hear us calling, Abba Father. Oh, yeah, you hear us calling, you hear us calling, Abba Father. For our world and all those in it, Lord, we ask that as waves of COVID-19 are rising again all over the world, that you would reach out and hear healing, and that you would bring restoration, that you would bring hope. Lord, would you just begin to make those numbers go back down? 
Lord, would you just release your healing? Lord, would you release healing and hope to those in our nation feeling desperate, those who are hurting? Lord, to the areas that were flooded by Sally and by the tsunamis and by the, and those areas that are ravaged by fires, would you provide both your people and the land with restoration? Would you bring hope to them? Would you bring healing? Lord, hear our prayer. Oh, yeah, you hear us calling, you hear us calling, Abba, Father. Yeah, I know you hear us, you hear us calling, you hear us calling, Abba, Father. For the welfare of Smyrna and Cobb County, Jesus, our teachers are preparing to go back to school. They'll face new challenges, having to do both face-to-face -face and digital. Lord, would you just prepare them? Give them strategies, give them wisdom, give them grace. Lord, let the students at home not feel left behind or left out. Help them to get the things that they need. Help us as parents know how to educate and help educate our children, how to partner with teachers. Would you let communication flourish? Lord, for the students who will be going back, let them remember that they can trust you when they're unsure, when things seem different or unusual. Let them trust you. Lord, for those who are still working from home, help them to feel that their time is purposeful and intentional. Let them find joy in all they are doing. And as other areas continue to return to work, we pray that their businesses would thrive, that you would restore a sense of community to those they serve. Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Finally, for those in our local community, those who suffer in it. Lord, we thank you for your continued healing of Justin Boggs and of Ernie. We thank you for the ways that we've seen your healing hand, for the ways that you've brought restoration. Lord, we continue to lift up Josh's friend Lee as he recovers from his burn injuries. Would you just be close to him? Let him know your nearness. Continue to bring healing to him. Lord, we thank you that we as a body have the freedom to gather together. We pray that you would continue to give identity to River City, that you would bring unity to River City, and that the hearts of your people would continue to be poured out to you, that they would be turned to you, that they would return to the heart of worship. Thank you for all that you're doing in our midst. Lord, hear our prayer. Oh, and you hear us calling, you hear us calling, Abba, Father. Yeah, I know you hear us, you hear us calling, you hear us calling, Abba, Father.
for is the finance update and so thank you for being patient until we got here um, really quickly I just want to say thank you uh, we're going to go into an offering in a minute I want to say thank you to Bill and to Jonathan for producing our second kind of in-depth deep dive into the finances last Wednesday and they involved humor there was an Nick Saban quote there was an Axel Rose quote it was good. So I appreciate the energetic enthusiasm behind it. It's available online for anybody who would like to watch it. Uh, we're providing it in slow motion, so I think that would be the best way to watch it. Jonathan said, watch it right before you go to bed, and it could help you into that space. Um, I just wanted to give you a couple quick updates before we do our offering. This year, we did our first kind of big, here's where we are financially. And it was right at the beginning of COVID, and it looked like we were about to have a month that was um, hard to get through. And since that time, we've seen, I, I would just explain it as the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of his people, but our finances are roughly up this year from last year in giving 4%. And a year in 2020, I think, if we're looking for things to celebrate, that would be one of them. So I just want to say thank you. If you want to clap for yourselves and Jesus, that'd be great. Um, a couple of things that surfaced in that conversation are um, that we have given over $30,000 this year to different places through benevolence and through mission support. And so whether it's um, Long Beach Parish, One Need, YWAM, and Kate used to be Tompkins, now is not Tompkins. She's married now. So amen to that. Support Smyrna, Tillman House. And just our body, when people have needs, we've been able to step in. And we've asked you guys to help us create a separate bucket, which you have, and we still are able to give generously. And so thanks so much for helping this year to be one we can navigate, not having to stress all the time about where our finances are. Some of that is just because some people have become consistent, and I think that's great. So moving forward, it looks like we're back in a month where it's a little bit like, why is giving down? I'm not sweating it. I trust God and I trust God's people, but I want you guys to be aware of that. If we, as we move forward, we definitely want to continue the idea of consistent giving and consistent buy-in. And so we just ask that you make it a consistent thing. And if we do that, there's a couple things you're going to be hearing over the next few weeks, staff additions, you're going to be hearing ideas through the table, but definitely if we can get into a space where there's more continued giving, we're going to be able to add in the future, even an associate pastor and some other roles, some large events through the table to help meet needs in Smyrna. And then just, we wanna be incredibly generous. We wanna be a body that's known for generosity. And so um, for you guys, I would say, if you're listening to this and you're a visitor, 
please don't give. That's not the space that you need to be in. If you're listening to this and you're a member of our church and you are in deep need, ask us. We would like to help you. It's not a time for you to give more. I've heard that like line of theology. I don't particularly think it involves generosity and it involves the body to help you. Reach out to us. Let us know. We would like to help. If you are a part of our body, we believe that you should be joined to us through prayer, through your presence, through serving, and through giving. And so if that happens to be you and you're a part, make it a consistent thing. Jump in. It makes it a lot easier for us to navigate and to plan if we can be strategic about what God is giving to us. So recap, we're going to pray in a second. Watch the video. It's about 45 minutes, I think. Um, Some good questions were raised. Some people surfaced through conversations I didn't even realize were still around. And so I'm thankful for that. And so jump into that. We'll make it available. And then we're going to pray. And then I'm going to share kind of a what's happening with Kara in just a second that she's going to preach. So Jesus, we just thank you that you, you always provide for your body. And as soon as we get stingy and try and save up double manna, it doesn't really work. And so we just want to say thank you for meeting our needs. You do that so faithfully. And we trust you. Even in lack, God, you, you allow us to develop creativity to move forward. So I just thank you for the people who are giving. And I pray that as we move forward, it would just continue to be a place where we don't rely on five or six families, but we all are a part. We all are investing. We all are moving forward together through the finances. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In just a second, Kara's going to come up. What you need to know about Kara this week is that she is moving into a larger role, and we've been praying through this for a while. And one of the pots that you've heard is leadership in the next season. And so Kara has been doing, Kara and Jonathan have both been killing it in, in youth and middle school and high school. And now Kara is going to be stepping up into a larger role over, and we, we try to be creative about this name because it's a different season with different needs. And so we're calling it Community and Connections Coordinator, or Triple C, if you're, if you're down with that. So what she'll be doing is she'll be over groups, sporadic gatherings that are going to happen, youth and middle school, but she's stepping up and she's going to be raising up leaders to help her. And so I want to call her up to pray and then she's going to preach. You can go ahead and come up. And we'll have more coming up in the next few weeks about other roles that are being added and what, where people are. But I think it's really important that we pray as you transition into a larger role. Um, and I'll, I'll lead in prayer if you guys want to reach your hands this way. And if you're at home, you can reach your hands toward the screen. We'll just trust you. Um, I want to bless you into this new role, okay? And so that's the idea, is bless you into this. God has called you to it, and he will provide for it. So... Jesus, I thank you for a heart like Kara's who's always looking for community and connection and always looking to engage people deeply, to move beyond the surface questions into places that really matter, in discipleship, spiritual formation, and community. She yearns for it. And so in this role, I pray that you would liberate her into the needs of the next season, that she would read the body and that she would hear you and that she would understand what's needed, that you would give us patience because there's so many needs and give her patience with herself, that you would provide support with our body to step in and help and be a part, whether it's groups or gatherings or gatherings in homes, whatever it may be, that you would lead her well, God, and that we would sense it and see it, but that you would not let her carry a burden or weight to burn out for the sake of this. That's not your desire for leadership. 
You're not calling us to burn out, but you are calling us to work in your body. And that is a beautiful thing. It's a gift to be able to work in the local church because it's beautiful. It's your bride, and it's how you display to the world who you are. So I just pray, care that God would bless you and make his face to shine upon you and support you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks, Josh. Um, I What I'm preaching on is not directly related to, to the, that announcement. <laughs> They're kind of two separate things, but also complement each other quite well. Um, so I'm preaching out of Philippians 2, and I'm going to read Philippians 2. So if you want to get your Bible's out. If not, it'll be on the screen. Um, I'm going to read Philippians 2, and then I am going to pray again. Lots of prayer happening. We're going to pray again. <laughs> um, so if you will join with me. Philippians 2, 1 through 13. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look, not, until, not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but rather emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God was highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. If you will bow with me. God, I thank you. I thank you that you're in this space. I thank you that you are in the homes of our community, that you know no wall and no barrier. I thank you that I have full confidence that you want to speak something to each person joining us today. God, I pray that you would breathe fresh breath and fresh life on this scripture, that it would hit our hearts in a new way, that we would know something more about you, that we would know something new about you, that we would be reminded of something old, that it would be made new. So would you... God, would your spirit come and would you just rest on us this morning? It's in your name we pray, amen. Um, so some things, a couple of things to put in context really quick as we head into this passage is um, Paul is writing this from prison. 
Um, so 2020 has been really hard. Also, humans have had really hard years before, so we're going to make it. Um, <laughs> the scripture, the disciples, the apostles are proof of that. Um, in our Christian faith, but also just in history, we're going to be okay. Um, so Paul's writing from prison, and, and something you need to know as we're reading this and what might have um, inspired or spurred him on to even begin to say this to the church, um, the Philippi church, is that there was some tension that we know of, we suspect based off of some references in chapter 4 between two women, um, but also there was possibly other tensions. We don't really know, but what we know is that Paul felt compelled to send encouragement to this church. And, um, and so that's what he does. And the translation, if we look at the first couple of verses, if you can pull up verse 1 and 2, Bill. Thanks. So the translation, if you go back, it actually can be read as, since there is encouragement in Christ, since there is participation in the Spirit, since there is affection and sympathy, there was an assurance that Paul was speaking from a confidence that this was a thing that already happened when the body of Christ gathered. That there is encouragement in Christ. That there is comfort and love that we, when we gather, these are things that are, that are factually happening. That was not something that the church even had to really question or grasp, that Paul had to question or grasp, it just, it was. And um, I find that interesting just because I think my history of being a believer and being in the church, I think we can be quick to question that a little bit. Like based off our experience, is that actually true? And, and so when I was reading this passage, I took a lot of comfort in that. That was a thing that the church for centuries has experienced to be true. So we're going to break this part a little bit. And what I know to be true in my own life is that humility and honor um, has been misused. The words, the language, the idea has been misused and it's even maybe been manipulated in inside and outside the church. There are people in a position of power, people who have been in a position of privilege, who have misused those terms to manipulate, to make others to be the same mind as the one leading, as the one in power. And that is not what Paul is saying, and I want to make that very clear. He, in those first couple of passages, or excuse me, first couple of verses, is not giving permission to the leader to make everybody like himself the leader. It's not supposed to be that we all come together and are supposed to look the same, act the same, be the same. It's rather an invitation, an opportunity to say, I want to honor the differences that we have. And I can do that because of what, the, what Jesus modeled and what he has given to me and bestowed on me when I was saved. So I'm just going to break this down piece by piece, starting in verse 1. So it says, If there are any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in spirit, 
any affection and sympathy, complete my joy of being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. If that's where it stopped, if we didn't ever get to verse 3, it can look like oppression. It gives somebody permission to take power and oppress somebody to say, you should be like me. And that is not what is being written because it keeps going. It doesn't end there. It then goes into do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only into his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So what is actually happening is he's saying, if we in the community of people, if if the River City community, if the church at large, if we would take this approach of loving and honoring one another, we would be able to celebrate the differences that are within the body and we would all begin to look more like Jesus. The point is not that we begin to have every detailed step that we look like each other, but rather we've created a space of celebrating the differences We have lessened ourselves, which cannot happen without first acknowledging that when we were saved, we needed Jesus to do that for us. We, We cannot separate out what we received at the point of salvation, which is still an ongoing process being worked out in us. We don't get to separate that out when there's a call to humility, especially in the body. If you keep reading, starting, I'll start at verse 5. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus, before he came down to be amongst us humans on earth, he could have chosen to fight to keep power and equality with God in the position of the divinity and the trinity. And he didn't because that's not in God's nature. It would not be in God's nature to fight to keep position. It was in, it was in, it's in God's nature that he submits to his father to be obedient to come to earth, to leverage that, to come down, to thus take him to his death. He did that for us. That submission, that humility drove him to the cross that was the cost of it. And so, the challenge that's being presented here is out of an overflow of the awareness that I was in need of that, that grace, that's what I acknowledged when I got saved is that I can't do this on my own. That I, I am incapable of, of living the life that Jesus has put forth apart from Jesus. Who am I not to extend that to the other? 
when that was not a moment in time, that's not a prayer that I prayed, that in a, in a moment that I was like, oh yeah, I need God's grace. And, and I, I recognize now what Jesus did and that he died and rose again and he did that for me and yay. That is an ongoing process of reality that is being worked out in me that I, apart from Jesus, can do nothing. And that includes treating somebody else who is different than me as better than me. I cannot lose my proximity from Jesus and yet still walk in humility in this community. Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the very being and acknowledgement of Jesus in my life pulls me back to the reality that I am again and again and again and again and again needing him to forgive me, that I'm needing him to, to extend a grace to me and when I keep that posture with Jesus, I am then able to see somebody else who is different than me and say, Jesus has done the same for you. I cannot withhold that. Let me model myself as Jesus did. But it takes intentionality and it takes work. See, sometimes I think we forget that we have the privilege as the body of Christ to model a hope that the world cannot offer. And that is part of this. They go together. Jesus has chosen to use the church as an instrument to fulfill what he sees eternity, what gets us to eternity with him. He has chosen the church to, to carry that out. And if we look at 2020, there's plenty of tensions and plenty of disagreements inside the church. We don't even need to talk about what's going on outside the church because inside the church all around is taking care of a lot of the noise and the drama all on its own. And imagine, what, how, but how are we different than those outside the church? If we are not living and loving and preferring the other, how are we different? What are we offering to the outside world who don't know Jesus. In John 13, it says they will know us by our love. The way we love one another is what will tell the world that there is something different and attractive and beautiful. We can offer you something here that cannot be, cannot be offered out there. Which means we have to look and act and be different. And Jesus is the model for us in that. And what Jesus did was leave his position of power. He left his position that he had every right to stay in, in heaven. And he chose to set that aside and to submit himself to the Father and to become present among us. That is the call of the church and it starts inside the church. It's how we love and interact with the, with the disciples in this church with his children in this church. And then to the outside world, they go, what's happening there? They don't all think the same way. They don't all look the same way. They may not all agree on everything. And yet somehow there is a, a kindness and a hope and a joy that is just oozing from the body. I want that. Because life is gonna be hard. 2020 would be hard with or without Jesus. 
But let me tell you, I'm really thankful that Jesus, for Jesus. Because what Jesus says is the heart is gonna end. Because how this finishes is that it then goes on to say, therefore God was highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that, in, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is our hope. That is what we get to offer every person who has been rocked by 2020 that doesn't know Jesus. That's what we get to offer. We get to say, wait, this isn't the end of the story. We get to say, wait, your pain is not just your pain for the sake of pain. Your pain can be made for another purpose. Jesus is the model for, for us. And the very presence of Jesus being on earth is the greatest act of humility. And that humility did cost him something. It was an intentional choice. It, it, it cost him his life. So hum, humility with each other preferring the other, denying yourself is at a cost. It's an intentional choice. It doesn't just come naturally, at least not to me. If you are just a naturally incredibly humble person, I'd love to be friends with you. Teach me. That is not me. I am someone who really enjoys right and wrong. I just do. <laughs> I, I don't like that there's gray. I don't like that there's different ways that you can interpret things. I don't like that there's different opinions on the less significant ideology and theology and the faith. I don't like those things because they make me uncomfortable. I, it's just true because I just think black and white is easier. But that's not reality. There are different socioeconomic classes. Social justice. Gener generational differences. We are going to have differences. And what Jesus, through Paul, is inviting us to is to, to assume and to remember that God is doing something in them that you probably don't know about. So so let's think of the other and, and, and assume that and say, God's doing something in them that I don't know, that I haven't seen yet. So who am I to think negatively or less than what the work that God is doing in their heart just because I can't see it right now? Rarely, <laughs> rarely do I see it in the moment. Those are like gifts to me. I'm like, oh my goodness, God's being like super apparent right now. It's great, and I love it, but that's just, that's not everyday life. See, how it ends, it says, starting in verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And if you are somebody who's been 
hit hard this year, like all of us. Um, I, I want to read that last verse over you again because it is also part of who Jesus is. That he, for it is God in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. There is a work happening in you and in me this year right now that is good and it is for his good pleasure. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. There is something about humility and, and what humility just exhales, like as it's, as it's being cultivated in communities, this culture of humility, there's like this exhale of, of lightness, of joy, of hope. Because it means that anybody gets to knock on the door and we don't ask any prerequisite questions. They just come in and immediately, because we are intentionally choosing to be in close proximity to Jesus ourselves, who is doing a work in us, reminding us we still very much need the revelation and the, the miraculous work of salvation, that they get to come in and be welcomed into this space and, and into this place. And we get to choose to take a position of lifting them up because God is doing a work in them. And I, who am I to assume that I know better, that I've seen more? I don't know that. I think I do. That's what pride is. I've got it. I need Jesus to be constantly reminding me, hey, you need me. Remember when I did this? Yeah. I would do it again for you. You need me and you can't do it apart from me. And I just wonder what this body and this community would look like, River City, or even Let's really dream all the cities or all the churches in Smyrna start to become known for their cultures of humility. How does that change the city of Smyrna? Truly. How does that begin to change the city of Smyrna if everybody knows that in this space that they are welcomed, that they are celebrated, and that we are going to value what God is doing in their heart? That changes things. That is the kingdom of God coming in its full force, breaking through onto the scene on earth. Jesus is the way. He is the only way that that happens. There is no other way. Not with longevity, that's for sure. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the light. He is life. And so when I, I, was, I was praying and th this week through this passage and I was looking at it and I was asking God, what are you wanting to say to the River City community? I, that is a question that I ask myself 
often before preaching, every time, God, I believe you want to meet with River City Church this Sunday. What are you wanting to say? And I want to partner with you in that. I have learned to ask that question because I have preached, not at this church, thank you, Jesus. I have preached messages not asking that question, which is a question of humility. I cannot do this apart from him. I have done it and I've gotten praise and affirmation without asking those questions and without having that heart posture. So it is possible to bear and speak the name of Jesus without this sense of true surrender. But it is so much better for me and for you and for the body when we step into that. Humility is not, it will feel like a loss of power. It will feel like you are giving up something but really, because of what Jesus has modeled for us, what we find, it is actually the pathway into freedom and reconciliation and restoration. We don't get restoration and reconciliation without the place of humility. And it starts in the body. So with every conversation that we have in the political season coming up here, I mean, it's here, it's, it's, it's September, Almost October. We're in it. <laughs> and it's only going to keep going. With every conversation you have with somebody that, with political season, with every conversation you have where you're really trying to get somebody else to agree with your opinion, may we not first assume that we know all the things. Because maybe we don't. So why don't we first choose to approach with our mouths may be closed and with our ears open and asking Jesus in the moment. Again, proximity. Humility comes with proximity to Jesus. So in those conversations, may we choose to engage them with Jesus being so close to us that we're asking him before we're speaking. You know what they're doing in their heart. I don't know what they're doing in their heart. All I see are the differences. I'm pretty sure I'm right. But just in case I'm wrong, I'm going to choose to listen. Just in case. Maybe you end up being right. Cool. Also, not the point. That is what humility takes from us. It takes away the point about us being right as the end goal. And that's not what humility is. But if we can grasp this, then I think we see the fruit that we read in the very beginning of this chapter. That we will get encouragement, we will know encouragement in Christ, that we will get comfort and love, that there will be participation in the Spirit. The joy would be made complete because we are in same mind with one love and in one accord. Not because we all look the same, not because we all believe the exact same thing, but rather the awareness that we are living our lives and surrender to the fact that we need Jesus for every breath that we breathe, that we need Jesus and his mercy and his grace to be washing over us every morning of every day. 
And we are going to celebrate that within each other in this community. And so, ministry team, if you will come up. I would love for us to feel reminded and encouraged of the beauty and the miraculous work that salvation is. Because it is a process. It's an ongoing for the rest of our life. May we never be not in awe. Another way of saying that. May we always be in awe of the miracle of the salvation that's being worked out in us the grace, the abundance of love. And then may we posture ourselves to be a people of River City that we would be known by the way we love each other. That we would be known for a people who lift others above ourselves because that is what Jesus modeled for us. And we want to look like Jesus. We are not going to be impersonators. We are not going to pretend like we are Jesus, but we want to be imitators. We want to be like Jesus. And so I felt like the Lord wanted to remind you with the encouragement of the beauty of the gift of salvation and challenge you to say, remember to extend that to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, we just thank you today for the body of Christ and continually equipping us. Thank you for Kara and the words that she spoke. Thank you for each person watching from home, those present at the table and here. Thank you that you're continuing to build a family. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to let you guys go. Um, this week there's some things coming up. Just keep your eyes open. And um, we're very thankful for everybody. Thankful for you guys. Miss you all. If you're not able to be here, we're still thinking of you and we're available for the things that you need. Um, but I do pray that God will be with you, that the Lord make his face to shine upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.